Find Your Feet with the Find Your Feet podcast. Maybe we should make some time on Thursday after lunch or something to go around and work out what we want to give away a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. For the book launch. Book launch. I'm excited. <laughs> so excited. It feels a bit surreal, to be honest. Like, to, to I mean... To get to that point where there's a physical thing, because none of it was all that premeditated. Like it just, the book kind of went on a journey. You know, it started just uh-huh. from like feeling like when I put out the, the the plans or the guides, as I prefer to call them, that um, that they they never felt complete, and that I felt like people maybe never quite understood the ethos that was behind the plans. Yeah, and then. I started writing a little bit more about yeah my coaching ethos and the wave training principles and a little bit about nutrition because that felt relevant and then we put them out one year and it was a little package but then I felt like there were more questions were coming back and I still felt like there was so much more that I could have shared so the next year when it came around I decided like pat it out a little bit more and give a bit more and it became quite lengthy like it became I don't know 50 pages or something and um but even then I was like oh I still feel like there's a bit more and so we started the podcast to try and address that but I just got to this point where I was like who am I kidding like I just need to just put it all down on paper and um and that was sort of the main focus was just get it out of my head and then as I started writing more and more I realized like maybe this this is actually a book yeah. and kind of so the book thing kind of came at the very end <laughs> Yeah, and then I was just really, really fortunate to have um, a mentor in my world who really encouraged me to to kind of go down that pathway and suggested that I actually get on LinkedIn, which is so not me, um, <laughs> and see if there was anyone within my networks that was in that sort of publishing world or in that editing world. And I don't really know how I came across it, but I just came across the most extraordinary woman in Queensland who I connected with instantly and to work on the book with her has just been like such a joy. Like, yeah. I kind of consider her a friend now through the journey. And yeah. Yeah. So was that moment when you knew you needed to write the trail running guidebook into a guidebook that came through that conversation you had with a friend who said that you should do it? It never came from you being like, I think I'm going to, or did you think, I think I might turn this into a book and then someone then reaffirming it for you pretty much like I think I definitely had that moment where I was like I think I need to write a book but it was more a question than a statement (laughs) and so then when I raised it with the mentor in my world at that time and said I think I need to write a book and you know and he he just turned to me and was like I think you need to write a book yeah (laughs) and so and it was funny because I think when I was a, a kid, actually, I was an avid fan of reading autobiographies. Like I read some of the heaviest autobiographies as like an eight-year-old. And um, I always sort of had in the back of my head like, gee, it'd be kind of cool one day to write a book, like even as an eight-year-old. Um, and I always had it in my head that it would be autobiographical, even though at the time I I had no idea what my autobiography would be about. I just thought, that's kind of cool. Like, I love autobiographies and love the storytelling. And so in the back of my head, I think I always had in mind that if I ever sat down to write a book, which I just saw as a 
can I really sit on my bum for long enough? Can I really stay focused for long enough to write a book? That was a really big question. Without one of those walking desks. Oh, man. I mean, I saw actually in in Singapore airport coming home from our last trail running tour, they have um, exercise bikes set up in the airport and they have like workstations on the, where the handlebars normally are. So you can sit, and pedal while you were actually working. Huh. It's really cool. So, yeah, I was effectively thinking that's probably what I would need to get to <laughs> writing the book. But amazingly, like, I just absolutely loved the process. Yeah. Loved the process. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so also writing number two at the moment. <laughs> so number two is? Number two, without, without wanting to put pressure on myself because I'm – it's fairly hard, hard going, but it's, um, it's the story behind the knowledge that eventually is in the guidebook. Yeah. So I see the guidebook as, as my knowledge to date. I don't want to put a full stop on my knowledge because I, I think knowledge is always evolving and, and the science is always going to be evolving and that's, but that's effectively what the guidebook is. And so when I look at it, I look at it as like a fairly dry book because I always wanted it to be short, succinct, easy to read there for everyone you don't have to have an elite brain to kind of understand it that was what I wanted but obviously like I as a person have been on a journey for the last 32 years without giving my age away um (laughs) 32 years (laughs) I wonder what it could be (laughs) yeah and I I really um I also I also felt like there was lessons in that that were maybe not as easy to tie into a short succinct little chapter about um nutrition Mm. or Mm. (laughs) um racing but there there are stories there that if people want to they can read between the lines and take what they want from it so yes it's probably more autobiographical at that point but I'm not writing it to to go like look at me look at me I think I'm just writing it from a place of realizing that I just feel like I've been through some life lessons and um and I know that through my work they're really common um or things that people can identify with and I want to I want to start the conversation Mm. around some of the topics that are in it so yeah I think it's still evolving as you can probably hear like my brain's still trying to process it all but draft one is written and now the hard work starts because definitely that's where the hard work starts <laughs> writing yeah. a book yeah yeah so what was the process like for you so once you kind of realized and turned it from a question I think I need to write a book to okay now I'm actually going to write a book what did that look like for you um was it what you expected it to be <laughs> I mean, I think in practical terms, I think I had a lot of the book already written Mm -hmm. and, um, that was through the blogs, but also the work that I'd already done around the training resources. So I already had like a foundation of which I could work from, but the more I wrote, the more I realized I needed to write. So it, it bloomed quite quickly into like a, probably longer than a book. And it became more about like taking out than it was about adding in, um, But I think the hardest bit of the process was actually um, allowing yourself the time and space to write it. And part of that is because 
it's hard not to feel guilty when you hibernate away and and write, especially when you know that everyone in your team at Find Your Feet are working really hard on on a on a dream that you were part of the creation of at the beginning. Mm. So you sort of feel like it, you've got to, without wanting to, to put, put the team down at all, but, um, but the only way I can think of it is it's like feeling like you have all these little minions doing the hard work for you while you're just like, you know, sitting at your desk with a cup of tea in your pyjamas trying to write a book because you need, when you write, you do need to be in a really comfy place and, yeah. um, and to some degree like buried in your own thoughts. So that might have been like an unexpected challenge of writing that you didn't kind of anticipate to be experiencing or? Very much so. Mm. But I think because the guidebook was always, and you always knew that it was going to serve the community and I, well, I really hoped that people would would pick it up and read things and go, oh, that, that's making a lot more sense. I had that experience and now I can, now I've got a few tools that I can use to kind of address that. Yeah. I think the second book becomes a lot more there's a lot more of that guilt that gets wrapped up in it because um you're writing about a lot about yourself <laughs> which feels so um confronting and selfish so yeah. whereas the guidebook definitely lends a lot more into like uh I mean so does the other book I it shouldn't be hard on myself but the guidebook very explicitly is lending towards educating our community um and helping empower them to find their feet yeah the second book I guess it is doing that but it's in a slightly more blurred way yeah and um when you're the one that's writing about yourself it feels like a very selfish act um, so and I guess you know from like reading autobiographies since you were eight that like, there's there's so much benefit in hearing that story of someone else's such personal process that you can almost get so much more I, I think that it's weighted equally like you can get explicit knowledge but that shouldn't be any more or less than implicit knowledge in the form of stories and from the perspective of the team <laughs> on the floor, we were just like so excited. When people follow their passions and they follow their dreams, like we were just so excited that you were writing a book. Like we would tell everybody like, oh, Hannah's honey's off writing a book. And it was so, we were inspired and we felt like really proud of you and really Aww. like excited to see what was going to come of it. And we never thought... We have to be here in the store wearing <laughs> shoes and she's at home wearing pajamas. Like it was never, it was never uh, like that. So. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. And, <laughs> and you're damn right. Like I know that my greatest lessons have come when I am learning from a person mm. and, and especially from their experience. And like, mm. I was just telling you a bit earlier before we sort of came onto onto the recording mode but you know about this experience going to visit icebreaker and um in a very fortunate position just over the last couple of days to sit across the table from the head of icebreaker oceania and you know he's a gentleman not much older than me and yet he's climbed effectively to the highest position in that company that you can climb in in oceania and um just asking him about his how and his why and his purpose and and hearing his story and 
you know, definitely I think there was so much more lessons in that, you know, hour and a half over dinner than there probably was in a whole book on yeah. how to run a business. Like yeah. it was an extraordinary opportunity. So I definitely agree with you on that, that the autobi- the autobiographical writing I think will have a lot of yeah, just a lot of me too moments for people in the community. And that, I guess that's probably the bit that kind of inspires me to, to go through it. Cause mm-hmm. my story definitely, definitely has some hard moments in it, you know, and definitely there were some days where, holy moly, like I didn't know if I was going to be able to keep writing. Like I was just really confronting working things that you kind of thought you'd packaged up and put in the closet and would need to come back to think about again. You, you have to pull back out and dust off and kind of address again. And, um, yeah, so I definitely, I think, you know, just the knowledge that there'll be people out there with a me too moment in the book is probably what kept me going. Yeah. 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 And so that was for the, second you're talking about the second book one. two which yeah. is probably silly to be talking about book two so much when we're really meant to be talking about book, book one, one but which I, is the guidebook for everyone that's yeah <laughs> but maybe like it it's just nice I think for me to be able to share with listeners and potential listeners that yes in my heart I, I pick up my guidebook and whilst I'm excited that it can serve a, a really strong purpose in the community like I don't feel like I gave a lot of me in that book. Mm. Um, it's just a, just a lot of knowledge that's come from, um, especially from mentors over the years and, and just from lessons and making mistakes in my own running. I'm very, very focused on the running, but I'm kind of getting really excited about like, as you know, my ethos is very much about empower yourself to know how to play to then be able to perform. And I, yeah. I'm really excited to like get to the point where there's a lot of be wilder and play wilder coming through. Yeah. 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 I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're kind of in the phase of like we released the book on the 15th of October, huh. which so now it's almost been two weeks. So we're kind of getting to the point where people are starting to reach out who have read the book cover to cover, who have read the book cover to cover twice. (laughs) And now we're kind of getting feedback from people that, that it's changing so much about what they thought was true about trail running and fixing, well, like shedding a lot of light on mistakes that they've made in the past that now having read the words, in your book can understand where they went wrong and then they're really excited to like you know try again and and to follow now your knowledge and I want to ask if that if if those stories are the reason why you wrote the book in the first place or what your actual if the purpose was beyond sharing knowledge yeah. Well, Bit of a tough one. Yeah, tough question, Jess. <laughs> Lifting the bar in these podcasts at the moment. Colleen Oprah. <laughs> no. Oh, my God, I love it. Um, Oprah, Jess. Yeah. I, I think what... You, yes, in many ways, yes. I think the answer, answer to your question is I didn't... I didn't write, I certainly didn't write the book for accolades. I certainly didn't write the book 
so that people would look to me to be the be all and end all of knowledge. Um, and it's the same with my consulting when I work with athletes. Like I don't, I don't consult with athletes so that they think that I, you know, know everything and can answer all their, their problems. Um, I wrote the book because I saw it as a collaborative way between me as someone who had knowledge and the reader who I see as having knowledge and experience that when our brains and experiences collide, there could be that light bulb moment where someone goes, oh, I had that experience. And maybe it wasn't like the experience I wanted. And now I feel like I think I need to make a change. Mm -hmm. And I know that the book has definitely got stuff in there where people can go and that's how I can make the change Mm. but it's it's a foundation of knowledge because that person will also have knowledge and experiences that they can draw from and add to my knowledge and together the reader and me the author can help people on that journey so the the moment for me that excites me about writing the book is when the reader has that light bulb moment and goes ah Hmm. Yeah, that resonates with me. I think there's room for improvement. Yeah. I don't, like, I think you're asking me when we were, like, thinking about the podcast and also thinking about the book launch because we're doing that Q&A where um, people who've read the book or people who haven't yet read the book can come in and ask questions um, about their experiences or things they want to know more about. And you said to me, like, um, what is it that really excites you as a coach? and and now as a writer and um and for me it is not what people achieve like I almost find my brain tunes out when people talk about what distance they've run or what races they've run or what times they've done and it's not that I'm not so proud of what everyone's achieving and um and trying to belittle that but I think what really excites me is like the growth that people can have in that light bulb moment when they suddenly realize, oh, that's a place I can improve. Yeah. <laughs> and I think when also people check in with themselves, they know within themselves that it's not even when they, like, yes, reaching the goal is amazing, but the truly satisfying part is being able to see that journey and how they've improved and how they've changed um, yeah. as well. And it's, yeah, and it brings me back to back to book two a little hilariously. But um, I think I always, like, had in my head that the book would be called Finding My Feet. And um, because Find Your Feet started when I was literally starting out on that journey of finding my feet. And I kept saying to people, I'm just trying to find my feet. But for so long, I've been grappling with what does that actually mean Mm. and how do you know or do you ever reach a point where you find your feet um because I think for so long I had seen that as achieving an outcome that would tell me when I found my feet so maybe it's like I have this dream to go in to break it down to something simple that we can all talk, have a dream to run a hundred kilometers. And, um, 
it'll be in this place that I really love and my family will be there to support me and then I'll come home and I'll have my little home like I sort Mm -hmm. of had it as this like picture perfect little lifestyle and maybe that was when you found your feet Mm -hmm. and what I've realized just in the last like very short while is that finding your feet is is more about um reaching reaching a place where you're suddenly excited by who you are and the knowledge you have and the rough sort of position you've put yourself in life where you suddenly feel ready to go and do things or to dream bigger or to like and and you're just excited about your life Mm. and it doesn't mean that you don't like fall down in little holes all the time and and bump your head against the wall and make mistakes and and then pop up and have those giddy moments of excitement but but on the whole like you are just you're just so ready for life and um and then I and then I thought about it a bit longer and I went but is that it is that is that everything about finding your feet like just to be in that that point in life when you're so excited about it and um and I thought you know what no I think the, the real bit about finding your feet is not that you're just excited to kind of be in your shoes, but now you really want to walk in your shoes mm. and go on that journey as you in your own shoes, not in anyone else's, not, you know, and I, and I think why this is really relevant to, to the guidebook is that that is my knowledge to date in that book. Not quite everything, but, but pretty much everything that I could write down on paper. And, um, but I see, but I see it as the foundation of people finding their feet. And what I really hope people do is they pick up that guidebook and yes, they can read it um, in segments, cover to cover, however they want. But they see that as like something they can launch themselves from mm. and explore from and get to know yourself from and your journey and and your lessons and your mistakes and um, and build upon that book as if it's your own. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's where I think people will really find their feet is if they take that book and they apply it to them and their life. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, and what you want people to take away mostly from the book? What do I want people to take away? Yeah, is that like the main... Um, what's the word? Outcome? Yeah. Purpose? Yeah, like the main main thing you want people to then feel empowered by once they're finished reading yeah I think I want people to feel brave enough to step up Mm. after reading the book and to also be brave enough to look back at past running performance because it is a running book so past running performances and their lives as a whole because there's you know chapters in there on stress and and the impact that life stress has on uh, athletic performances so to look back at maybe some of also the really challenging moments because I think it's in challenge that we generally grow Mm. um, and see where the lessons were for improvement and sometimes you like the last thing you want to do is revisit a race or a period in life which kind of beat you up a little bit but um but I think like if people can do that and do that with the support of the book I Mm. think people will get really excited about seeing where they can grow again yeah Yeah. so I guess to take a little bit of more a light-hearted 
tone um what your favorite part of the book was to write (laughs) um if there was a segment in particular because I feel like when we were doing our like trail running series we felt like we were saying quite often oh this is my favorite topic (laughs) this is my favorite topic so if there actually is is a favorite Um, aspect to write probably writing about the chapter on fear I think I I just felt like I had so many stories that I wanted to to put in it and um and it also gave me the chance to reflect on some really really happy empowering times in my life and I know on the podcast I've talked about it a lot in it but South Coast Track and the follow-on um, to UTA um, a couple of years ago was was just such a pivotal moment in, for me. And so writing about why the purpose that fear serves and how those two stories were reflected in my lessons in, in embracing fear, I think I, I love. And I think if people um, hear that when, when they read it, uh, it will really help people kind of take big leaps forward mm-hmm. in themselves and in their life. So I think that was a really fun section. Um, I love I love educating on stress. I think it's just not understood very well in our society and, it, and it's something that is just common to every single one of us. Like there's no one who escapes life without a bit of stress because stress is negative and it's a positive like stress can come from parties and hanging out with friends and training and all those exciting things but it can also come obviously from a negative place and I think that in many ways the role of a coach is to manage help athletes manage stress so that they can maximize their playfulness and their performance and so I feel like if there's a gold pot in the book for me it probably is that chapter um and if I'm allowed a third one because people already know it about me but I'm really really and it and it lends into stress management but I'm really proud of the wave training theory because time and time and time again I'm getting reminded of how it does work um from for that especially adults in busy modern lives. But the other day I was doing a podcast which hasn't yet been released um, with a parent and she has come, she's now like really kicking ass, to be honest, in the women's fields in Australian ultra running. And um, she has a young family and I was saying to her, I was asking her about like how had wave the wave theory that she's bought into helped her as a person and as an athlete but does it ever does she ever take it away from training and into life and she goes absolutely and one of the biggest applications is that her kids she's realized that even they need that downtime and the family needs that downtime so if they go away on a weekend and they play really really hard at the beach or they go camping in her old world she used to get home and then it was straight back into violin practice and sports and school and and it was and life was lived at this very high intensity all the time because there was so much excitement and so many opportunities and what she realized was the family was starting to implode Mm. and when she 
I thought, well, maybe there's something in this like wave theory, even for the kids, so that when we go away on these camping trips, we come back and we have a couple of down days and the family can like regroup and quieten and we can read, read more books and just chill. Um, she realized that like they were all able to bloom more and um and I was like whoa that's pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) I never really thought about it like that and so yeah so I'm very I'm just excited for people to to see what people think about that and to see how people apply it into their lives and I want to learn from the readers at that point yeah yeah and I think um just highlighting that the book is for people not just for athletes like or not just for like the top end athletes but also not just for the beginner but that it applies across a whole range of abilities yeah um actually and on that even um i gave one copy to ice uh, icebreaker rep sarah um who is like very godmother when it comes to making our store look very schmick she would have loved Um, that yeah and i said to her oh just when you finish reading it would you mind just passing it on to who'sy who'sy um at icebreaker and she said oh i'm so sorry but my mum has it at the moment my mum's been reading it (laughs) and and, um her mum's not a runner but she loves to walk yeah and she's saying oh and my mum was saying that chapter on and so like (laughs) I guess I bring it up and and with no ego associated to that little story but I honestly had a lot of um I grappled a lot with the title for the book because in my heart of hearts I believe that the principles in it are so relevant to like 90% of other athletic individuals or even just high achieving individuals like a lot of the concepts in it are applicable across the board um but at the end of the day I felt like the gap where the book could could get some leverage in the community and and like obviously it's now available on Amazon and Kindle and Emobis and iTunes and it's every it's now everywhere thanks to my lovely editor um (laughs) but I felt like in order for the book to get found and not get buried in like the self-help categories it needed to be the trial running guidebook Mm. so if you're kind of listening and you're wondering if you should pick it up it yeah I, I honestly think that there's stuff in there that we can all learn from yeah yeah and this might be a good time to do a little plug about (laughs) if you have read the guidebook already and you're listening to this now that it does help us immensely to grow the book and for it to reach more people and to have a bigger impact if that you've read it and really enjoyed it to um go and find like on Amazon or on our website or book depository and just leave a little short review. If that's something that you feel like resonates for you and that you'd Mm. like to do, then it would be so appreciative of that. And it really does help support the book and to get it to reach more people. Definitely. Mm. I mean, I, I'd, I mean, obviously I would love people to, to take that kind of couple of minutes to just go and leave a review. But what I, what I genuinely would love if you're going to do that is um, write it as if you're writing it to me or to Jess or to someone else who might be thinking about reading the book yeah. and, and provide it as feedback if you want because, you know, like I say, I mean, it, 
I see the book as like a foundation of foundational knowledge Mm. and I want to grow from that. Like I honestly believe there's so much for us to learn about the science of being individuals that want to achieve on a high level. And, um, and so the reviews are only going to help us to do that. I think all of us to do that, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then reach back out to us in general and share your stories. (gasps) Yes. It's (laughs) been so amazing. We've had some absolutely incredible stories from people about how it's changed or what they've learned from it and it just brings so much warmth to my our hearts and I've cried I've, I've shed a tear a few times because people can just be so lovely and I'm like oh yeah it's amazing I'm re- yeah I'm really grateful um yeah I I definitely um would love people's feedback on like I said the wave training theory mm. I think that would be really awesome to mm-hmm. hear how people are applying it and um and making it their own like really owning it I would also love feedback on the nutrition chapter um yeah. I as pe- people who've listened to maybe some of the other episodes on the podcast but for me looking back at my athletic days I think for me that was the biggest hole I always fell into and I think that if people want to look for a way to improve their performance, like read that chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really mm-hmm. think it's important. Um, yeah, and then I think from this, like I, I think that there, there's a lot more that I'm really getting getting quite excited to explore. So some of the, say, for instance, the chapters on strength training, I think I still don't think anywhere is really well understood like how to – fit not fit um how to entwine strength the strength development of a trail runner with their training Mm -hmm. um and especially the sort of more trail specific because trail running i guess like many sports but you've got your your foundations of fitness then you have your strength that you need then there's like the recovery time that you've got to have but then there's all the specific stuff for trail that you have as well like how you know practicing your nimbleness over trials and your speed on trials and your uphills and your downhills and I think one of the hardest challenges for trial runners and ultra runners is fitting all that in Mm. um and so but I think the strength one obviously is is quite a high stress load on a body um a lot of the time so you know I think like um, it'd be really interesting to hear stories from the readers about how you go about doing that and, and let's learn together, especially on that topic. Cause it's probably one of the ones I get the most questions about and probably the one that is, has the least information about it out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe on that as well, um, that the guidebook can be used in conjunction. Well, yeah with the training planners as well that you had and might have been we kind of released a lot we had a lot in the works going and then and then they all just kind of finished at the same time and it was the timing of UTA opening entries and we just had a bit of a backlog of the training planners so then we released them just recently as well um so yeah I think yeah. I'd really like to make a statement on that in that if you are going to use the training planners that I put out there to not only see them as a structure in which I would love you to personalize them and make them your own yeah but do it in conjunction with reading the guidebook because that was the whole purpose of the guidebook was to help 
people to understand the ethos behind the training plans. And one thing I did spend a lot of time on, a lot of time with my editor to make it as clear as mud, as hopefully as we could, was um, how to a how-to section and a worksheet section in the book on how to personalize the training plans mm. that I have on my website um, and make it your own. And I think if you pick up the plan and think, oh, I don't need the guidebook, you probably will come unstuck. Um, but I think if you read the guidebook, you'll probably flourish. Uh, and so the training planners, again, whilst some of them, many of them are event-specific, I honestly believe that if you're training for 100K, if you pick up the UTA 100K planner and then read the guidebook and understand the principles in it and do a little bit of research on your event and what the challenges are, you will quite easily see how to tweak and tailor some of those plans to make them your own for your own event. So, yes, they're event-specific, but in some ways they're not. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. 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 Um, Cool. I've had a few communities reach out about, like, potentially potentially coming and visiting them and doing Mm. the kind of book launch concept but more the Q and A part um in person Mm -hmm. with community. So if you if you have like a really strong community, um the in need of a little love, um Mm -hmm. I'd be I'd be really open to actually hearing from from these communities on how we can um assist you and if that means a little visit to sunny Queensland <laughs> I'm all in. Take me to <laughs> So um, that'll just be emailing um you or myself. Yeah, so it'd be Hanny at findyourfeet.com.au. Or through the website, the Hanny Austin website for sure. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then maybe like just finally I just reading like some really interesting stuff at the moment. Um which was actually put on to me by a lovely lady who came on a running tour to France and she's a personal trainer, uh, but works in more like rehabilitation and holistic development of a person rather than just strength training and making you look pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> whoops. I'm probably belittling personal trainers out there. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Take that back. But but honestly, like she was a really, really inspiring woman, and she was telling me about this book that she's read and um, some resources that she uses, and we got chatting at long lengths about training women in speci- like specifically. So like if I, if I was to ever say there was an evolution of this book, I think one area that I'm really fascinated to spend a lot more time in is like really thinking about the challenges for women more specifically like obviously this book is gender neutral anyone can pick it up and anyone can can benefit from it but I I really do believe that there's more for the girls out there in in the way we train around our hormones and Mm. managing our hormonal cycles which are much more complex than a male (laughs) so yeah so I'm kind of I just wanted to put that at the end there that I really feel like that's a huge area for us to grow as a community and to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, pretty sure that is everything that we thought. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you.